This podcast is for October 2nd, 2022. It is an abbreviated version of our regular worship service for this date. Or watch the link to the full service will be at the bottom of the podcast page. The order for the podcast service will be an opening hymn with the scriptures, followed by the sermon, and finish with prayers and a hymn. Good morning. Our opening hymn is going to be number 307, Forgive Our Sins As We Forgive. reading is from the book of Jeremiah, the 32nd chapter. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? Therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, I am giving this city into the hands of the Chaldeans and into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he shall capture it. The Chaldeans who were fighting against this city shall come and set this city on fire and burn it with the houses on whose roofs offerings have been made to Baal and drink offerings have been poured out to other gods to provoke me to anger. For the children of Israel and the children of Judah have done nothing but evil in my sight from their youth. The children of Israel have done nothing but provoke me to anger by the work of their hands, declares the Lord. This city has aroused my anger and wrath from the day it was built to this day, so that I will remove it from my sight because of all the evil of the children of Israel and the children of Judah that they did to provoke me to anger, their kings and their officials, their priests and their prophets, the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, They have turned their back and not their face. And though I have taught them persistently, they have not listened to receive instructions. They set up their abominations in the house that is called by my name to defile it. They built the high places of Baal in the valley of the son of Hinnom to offer up their sons and daughters to Moloch. Though I did not command them, nor did it enter into my mind that they should do this abomination to cause Judah to sin, Therefore, now, therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning this city of which you say, it is given into the hand of the king of Babylon by sword, by famine, and by pestilence. 
Behold, I will gather them from all the countries to which I drove them in my anger and my wrath and in great indignation. Indignation, I will bring them back to this place and I will make them dwell in safety and they shall be my people and I will be their God. I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me forever for their own good and the good of their children after them. I will make with them an everlasting covenant that I will not turn away from doing good to them. And I will put the fear of me in their hearts that they may not turn from me. I will rejoice in doing them good. And I will plant them in this land in faithfulness with all my heart and with all my soul. This is the word of the Lord. The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom, leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them and there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the, of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. The second reading is from Colossians, the second chapter. Therefore, as you receive Jesus Christ, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elements, elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead, and you, who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the debt, the record of debt, that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. 
He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 21st chapter. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. Jesus said, bring some of the fish that you have caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of his disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? He said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. This is the gospel of our Lord. Well, welcome back to the Forgiving Challenge, our congregation's 40-day life-changing journey with Jesus um, that leads to his freedom. Sin was the first week-long section of our journey. Confession was the second week-long journey of our section of our journey. Today we will visit the third section of the journey. It is called absolution. We'll be back in John, the 21st chapter. Um, it's referred to in this group by uh, 89th uh, gospel chapter today. It's the last gospel chapter. Now to catch you up, we're exploring, exploring and learning forgiveness from Jesus. There's no one better to learn from. And we are specifically looking at how Jesus is forgiving Peter. Jesus believed in and entrusted so much to Peter. From a disciple's perspective, no one got more access to Jesus, and no one was entrusted with such a, a powerful position as being this inaugural leader of the very first church, the physical embodiment of Jesus. That was Peter. Wanting to live up to this high calling, Peter made some bold promises. Specifically, he promised to Jesus that no matter what happens to you, Lord, I will always be by your side. I will die if required in protection and service of you. And yet when Jesus was arrested by the world's authorities, Peter was nowhere near Jesus. Instead, he was warming his hands by the charcoal fire, denying Jesus. In front of a little servant girl, he says, I was not with Jesus. A little bit later on, another servant girl approaches and says something to him. He says, oh, I'm not a follower of Jesus. And then there was just some bystanders by the fire. 
He answers to them, I swear, I do not know him. Peter went from a faithful follower to a renouncing deserter. Peter's denial could have been the end of his story, much like how Judas's betrayal was the end of his story. And yet in chapter 89, this 29th, 89th chapter, Jesus appears again. How amazing that after our sin, the times in which we miss the mark, Jesus will appear again and again and again to us. Last week, we looked at how Peter came running to Jesus, right? Remembered how this good news that, that in confession that God cares less about how we come in the presentation, our appearance as we come, or, or what we might even say, but simply that we come with our hearts exposed to him. He's not here to receive us only. He's here to listen to us. He's here to forgive us. Now, at this stage of the game, I think it's appropriate to define the word forgiveness. I mean, we are on day 20. Definition of forgiveness is two parts. Forgiveness, one is to cancel debt. The next part is to stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone for that offense, that flaw, or that mistake. Friends, to receive the total forgiveness of God, the debt must be canceled, and the feelings of anger and resentment must be gone. Now, the first aspect, the canceling of debt, has to do with an action. The second part has to do with the heart and with an attitude. You cannot experience the total freedom that comes from forgiveness without the, both the action and the heart's healing. For maybe me and, and maybe for you as well, I found the second aspect of forgiveness to be much more challenging than the first. The first, literally at times, it can just be settled with an action, a declaration, I forgive. But the second, the heart, that could take years of process. In the sermon, in the next week's sermon, I want to show you how these terms on, the, on what we have here in, in the order of scars of absolution and reconciliation, they're going to be working together next week and this week and next week's messages. Today, again, we're looking at absolution. That's the action. That's the canceling of debt. But next week, we're looking at the, the restoration. And I believe that is where we will see the fact that our God not only pays the price for our sin, but he no longer harbors any resentment towards us. Now to absolution. In John chapter 121, verse 6, um, Jesus and Peter, they find one's on the shore, one's in the boat. Jesus tells Peter and his friends, cast the net on the other side. They'd been fishing all night. They had caught absolutely nothing. But at the man's word, they throw the net, and lo and behold, there is a monstrous catch. Verse 9, we see Jesus not only recreates this first miracle, this first miracle moment that he had with Peter chapters before, but he's also going to recreate the worst moment in Peter's life. In John 21, 6, when they had landed, they see a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. More so than the food, 
What catches my attention here is the fire of burning coals. You know, there's many fires in the Bible, but only two places where the Greek word anthrakion shows up. Anthrakion is, is, is a word, it's a Greek word, and actually, just so we can practice Greek today, we can say that we all learned something Greek today. Let's say anthrakion together. One, two, three. Anthrakion. It uses only two places in the Bible, and they're both of them in John. It means a charcoal fire or a fire of coals. When is the first time it's mentioned? This is where the story becomes more alive for us. John chapter 18, verses 17 and 18. A servant girl asks Peter, aren't you one of the man's disciples? He answers, I am not. It was cold and the servant's official stood close around a fire, an anthracion that they had made to keep themselves warm. Peter was also standing with them there he was warming himself over the anthracion, the charcoal fire. Now, the original charcoal fire was the place where Peter would deny Jesus, not only once in front of the servant girl, but in verses 25 and 26, shows that by that same fire, Peter would deny Jesus two more times. And just like Jesus had prophesied, when the rooster would crow, the third one would have been completed. In Luke's account, we see that after the third denial from a distance, the eyes of Jesus would look and gaze upon and see the eyes of Peter. They would lock. They both knew and heard the rooster crow. And Jesus knew that Peter had denied him three times. And Peter would then leave and weep bitterly because he had, he had done the very thing he said he would never do. He swore that he would never do it, and he just did. He let his Savior down. The charcoal fire in this now, the 21st chapter of John, the last of the gospel chapters, is where Jesus is creating the worst moment in Peter's life. Why would Jesus recreate that moment? Here we have a picture. Jesus is on the shore. Um, he's watching another fish catching miracle take place. They've stayed up all night again. Peter realizes it's Jesus. Jesus has recreated that first miracle all over again, right? So maybe in his head, he's thinking, here we go again, right? Jesus is inviting me back into his life, in a life of following him again. Maybe the opportunity of the lifetime has come to me again. So on he throws his outer garment. He jumps into the, into the lake. He starts swimming into the, towards the shore. Big splashes, big scene, swimming to Jesus, running through the water at the end, running up to Jesus, a soaking wet mess of a man. Maybe there's a second chance. And then, as he nears Jesus... I can't help but to think in that moment, despite all of his history with Jesus, once he saw the charcoal fire, more than that, when he smelled, smells a very powerful remembrance tool. You have certain smells and it can set you back to times and places very powerfully. When he smelled the unique smell of a charcoal fire, memories of renouncing Jesus took over. Emotions of deserting his master 
and abandoning his friends overwhelmed him. Of course I'm not worthy. I disqualified myself. I can't follow him anymore. I screwed up. Jesus with the charcoal is reminding me of why things are forever different. He's bringing me back, not to the catch of fish, but to the charcoal fire and the denials. You know, that could be true, except for the fact that that's not the character and nature of our God as revealed in his son, our Lord Jesus. Jesus is not bringing Peter back to the coals to make him relive his worst moments. Jesus is bringing Peter back to relieve him of his worst moment. I'll repeat that, and don't miss this. God doesn't want us to relive our worst moments, our continue in our failure with sin, in our addictions and those things going on. That is not why he came. God wants to relieve us from them. So Jesus has prepared a meal. In ancient times to eat and prepare a meal for someone who has done you wrong, that was a gesture of hospitality. It was a a symbol and a gesture of forgiveness. So there on the shore, there's Jesus. Peter, I've made a fire for you to warm yourself. Peter, I've cooked you a meal. I'm not holding anything against you. Come have some breakfast. Accept the gift of absolution that I am offering you. Peter is now in front of Jesus. Sloppy, wet, guilty, shame-filled. He's done his part. Now it's time for Jesus to do his part. Listen to the conversation. When they had finished eating, Jesus says to Simon, Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, You know that I love you. He says, feed my lambs. Then he says again, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He says, take care of my sheep. Third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because he asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep. Around the charcoal fire on the night of Jesus' betrayal, how many times did Peter deny Jesus? Three. Around the charcoal fire on the shore that morning while eating breakfast with Jesus, how many times does Jesus ask Peter if he loves him? Three. The Bible talks about how Jesus reconciled us back to God. And we toss the word reconciliation out quite a bit in our world. The thing about reconciliation is that it's very, very careful. It is a careful and thorough process that can sometimes be very difficult. Reconciling a home's financial records, if they've not been reconciled in an extended period of time, reconciling a business's accounting system requires that the person in charge of that is looking at the details that they are thorough in the examination of every account, every input, every number, making sure that the bottoms add up to the tops and that they, they, they match across categories. 
In the finance world, if you've ever had to reconcile accounts before, you know that it is a long and arduous and methodical process. The responsible person does this intentional, thorough work because it's incredibly important that you don't bring a mis- misbalance with you into the future. Jesus, with the intention and detail of the best of accountants, is reconciling the books with Peter. Peter had denied him three times. And in this moment, what is Jesus doing? He is entering into his worst moment. All three denials, one by one, methodically, intentionally, and he is fully reconciling Peter. There will not be any chance that unforgiven sin will move into Peter's future with his Lord. On that day, it's reconciled. Why? Because in order to receive absolution, in order for us to be fully healed ourselves and participate in healing, we are required to deal with our past and our current sin. There is not moving forward without that process being dealt with. We have spent a week looking at our sin. We have spent a week looking at confession. In order to move forward into absolution, you have to finish that, complete it, wrap it up, reconcile it. When it comes to forgiveness, God doesn't want you to hang on to your sin. He doesn't want you to pretend that your sin is not sin. And he doesn't want you to deny that what you're doing that's sinful is not sinful. None of that. He doesn't want or need you to try to overcome your sin by yourself. He will ask you to go backwards, to admit it, to confess it, to look at your current life, confess it, so that you can move forward with Jesus towards heaven and grace. If we don't reconcile all the ways in which we failed him, we will not be effective for him as much as he calls us to be in the future. When we don't allow God to fully absolve us from our past mistakes, we drag the mistakes and the failures along with us. We are contaminating our present and we are contaminating our future with the garbage of our past. It's no wonder that the the churches here and around the world, as they, they, they strive to pursue and move to be fully alive and completely free and successful disciples for Jesus, that at times we are moving slower and far more difficult, with more difficulty in our lives than needed. It's because the people within the church, God's people, are carrying this baggage with us. The baggage that he wants to take from us, we will not let go. And today, to let it go. Think about it. Had this exchange with Jesus by the charcoal not happened, what's the alternative for Peter? Every time a rooster crows, Peter's going to be filled with shame. Every time Peter smells the smell of a charcoal fire, Peter was going to feel guilt and doubt and hopelessness. From that day on, he would not be the rock in which the church, the body of Christ is to come alive. He would be small and broken and and insignificant in the world. Instead of pretending that sin never happened, 
in order to relieve Peter, Jesus goes through the painful process. You denied me three times. Do you love me three times? As hard as those questions were, it brings a blessed absolution in Peter's life. It's time to share the definition of absolution. Absolution means this, that you are released from guilt. You're released from the obligation of your sin. You are released from the punishment due to you for your sin. Absolution is the complete declaration of forgiveness of your sins. Absolution. To telestai is another Greek word. You can maybe say this one, say it together with me. Tetelestai. This is what it means. It is finished. You know, on the day Jesus said that from the cross, the devil might have laughed. Yeah, you're finished. But I want you to notice that Jesus didn't say, I am finished. Jesus says, it is finished. The it is a reference to the payment of all the sins of all the people of all time. That includes yours. In fact, did you know that during the time in which Jesus lived, this Tetelestai, it, it was also written on business documents or receipts to indicate that the debt was paid in full. Jesus' death on the cross was the full reconciliation needed to pay for the sin of the world. Jesus reconciled. Jesus balanced the books. He wiped away the sins of our past, not so that we can continue to live shamefully small, not so that we can be timid and shy about what we believe in the good news won by him on the cross, not so that we can remain resentment or resentful towards those who have caused us deep wounds and have caused scars in our lives, or even resentment towards the people who have done so on a global scale. God wipes away sin so that we can move forward with him boldly, peacefully, freely, with love as the champion, fully alive. The reason why this is such good news for you and I today is because like Peter, we too have fallen short. You might have a charcoal moment in your life, a moment that continues to haunt you, you might have been receiving of one of those moments or multiples of the moments as the world has done ugly and hurtful things. You might have a sin that continues to go with you that, that you just can't shake. You do your best to say no and you know it's wrong, you know it's a sin and you just keep going there. There might be a season in your life where you completely abandon your faith and you start walking away from God's call for you in your life. God in his word, he gives us Peter. He gives us Peter and Jesus in this story because as he does so in this gospel story, their story can become our story. It can be a me and Jesus story. Peter encounters the forgiveness of Jesus firsthand. You know, it's one thing to hear about it. It might be another thing to see someone else who's been forgiven but it's another thing to truly receive forgiveness yourself. 
So here in John chapter 21, we have Jesus recreating the very first moment with Peter and the very worst moment of Peter's life. Jesus is showing Peter that he has reconciled Peter's worst moment and every sinful thought, word, and deed that has ever taken place in his life. Why? Why such intentional and personal effort on behalf of the Son of God to not just tell Peter that he's forgiven, but to show Peter that he is forgiven? For Peter, for the other disciples, for every disciple since that day, including you and I, Jesus shows up. He wants to fill our nets with fish, right? He wants us to show us the way of heaven. He wants to show us the depth of his love from the cross. He wants to prove his divinity in the resurrection power. The Son of God is personally here this day as he was on that day saying, I am here with you, I am for you again, and I am cooking you breakfast. I am the Lamb of God, Son of God, and I am the absolution of your sins. From your first to your worst, I absolve you, declares the Lord. You are forgiven. Jesus manages, Jesus' message to Peter is the same message to you today. Jesus is here in the word. He is here in the spirit. He's here in the breaking of the bread and the pouring of the cup. He has set his table before you. He comes to us personally and physically in this gift. It is his body. It is his blood. So if the God of the universe has, has removed the penalty from us, will you remove it from yourself? Will you stop making yourself pay for the sins you've done? Will you stop walking with guilt and shame? Will you receive the total and absolute pardon release and free gift of forgiveness from God? I need it too. Let's see this last slide together. You have been forgiven in the name of the Father, by the blood of the Son, and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Children of God, believe the good news. Amen. Let us declare our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, his Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. Do you believe in God, the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we live in times of uncertainty and unrest. Help us to be a people certain of your love 
your promises and your forgiveness in our lives. Help us to be a people who rest in the truth. The kingdom has been, is now, and forever will be. You are the Lord, our God, and we are your redeemed people. Lord, in your mercy. Lord Jesus Christ, when we attempt to hide from you with the lives of busyness, days of work, weekends of hobbies, hours of worldly distractions, in your mercy, find us. Enter into all the places we try to close off to you. Breathe life into us. Breathe healing into us. Breathe your heavenly peace into us. Renew us to be and make disciples. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our Heavenly Father, with joy and delight, we thank you that grace is stronger than evil, that mercy is larger than suffering, that joy is greater than sorrow. Give us permission and ability to forgive ourselves and others and live as your cherished children. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we thank you for sharing your children with us for a time and season. We ask you to bless those who are celebrating birthdays this week with you, with your very best gifts. We thank you for the love between husbands and wives, and we ask you to strengthen families. Bless those who are celebrating wedding anniversaries this week. We thank you for all the loved ones you have placed into our lives and the beautiful memories that live on within us. We ask that you sustain the face of the faith of those who mourn the absence of loved ones. Bless them with strength and comfort in times of sorrow. We ask that you touch the lives of those we know and love who are in need of healing, courage, and peace, especially those we name in our hearts now. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, Lord, we commend ourselves and we commend all for whom we pray. We will trust in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our closing hymn is going to be number 42, Freely Free. Freely, freely, you have received. 
This concludes our podcast for October the 2nd, 2022. We're glad you're here. Hopefully next week you can join us in person, but if not, you know the podcast is always available.